Absolutely. It's, uh, it's the best way to do this kind of thing, which, uh, by the way, we are live. Which so. is why we just turned it on mid-sentence. It's yeah, that authentic. No, that, that's how we do it. We're literally <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants. I'm at home, you know, as usual, just sitting in the snake room. Although today, I do have to say, I don't know why. It, maybe it's just because uh, I feel it more, but it feels much more hot and stuffy. It's like 87 degrees right now. In, in your room. Yeah. In here. Yeah. Well, I look, I always check the forecast before I drive out to, to work at the shop with you. And I see tomorrow will be a cool 111. Uh, mm. So I'm not, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> no, nobody is. <laughs> it's, I, it's that gif of Elmo on fire for, for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It, it doesn't seem to deter people from coming to the shop though. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, yes. And uh, Grant will be helping out coach and popping in and out, but mostly it'll be you and I. So fortunately the swamp cooler works really well. Yes, exactly. So, it'll keep us alive. <laughs> yeah. So, but, uh, well, happy Friday, man. Is it Friday? Today's Friday. Oh, yeah. Carpets and coffee live Fridays. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't. I can't ever keep track of what day it is. To me, it's Sunday because my weekend. Right. But yeah. Right. Like, what are you talking about? But yeah. How, and how are you uh, Eric, I'm out of it. I'm in my weekend. I is have it, no idea what day it is, sort of thing. When oh, you were saying your allergies came for you the other day, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Today is the first day I haven't haven't been uh, assaulted by my allergies yet. So. Good progress yeah but yesterday and the day before were miserable i actually left work early and so yesterday i, I did a little bit of cleaning in here which was rough but it was hard that zaps my energy and then today yeah. it's like all right feel better now i gotta do some feeding trials with some some babies you know hopefully get some of these coastals started and get another round of food into everybody else i um Hey, a lot of people are popping in here. Yeah. Nice. Shout um, out to uh, Hair Looking Soft. Thank you, Summer. Yeah. yeah. You use <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> I do. And uh, I don't know. It's like the my dad is, is Chinese. He has really thick, like, wiry hair. But, like, uh-huh. the Asian hair is like, it's like a cloud. Nice. I'm jealous. Anyway. I, uh, I used to have long hair as a kid. And into my into my early twenties, I would grow it to my shoulders and shave it, grow it, shave it, grow it, shave it. And then uh, one year I grew it, shaved it and it just didn't come back. <laughs> so I just stopped. It's okay. Yeah. You rock that. it. Yeah. I was so just going to say, grow the, now I grow the beard and right. now I get to take care of that with nice oils and combs. And brushes. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't lose anything. It just moved downstream. Yeah. It just lost the battle to gravity is all. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. the front lines retreated a, a bit. Um but uh 100%. Yeah. And shout out to uh to Summer for her her appearance on NPR last week. That was yeah, wonderful. I listened to Great that. Great stuff. Um, over yesterday and today. I'm so scattered when it comes to podcasts these days. It's, it's all good. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I well, and it's weird for me like I it's not like I ever listen to them cuz I don't have any really long drives these days, so I don't have mm. that to look forward to I, I at mm-hmm. work. If I put anything on the speakers in the front, that means I've got to stay in the front to hear it. Otherwise, if I'm working anywhere else, I can't hear it. So, yeah. right. Um, yeah, it was, so it I, was cool, though, to just have like an old school 
NPR Eric and Owen interview kind of thing. It's been a while. I feel like mm-hmm. there's been so many of the uh, like herp histories and the natural history thing. It was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they used to do this kind of thing every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it was yeah. good. Yeah, Summer did a great job. Um, totally. Yeah, I have to. I have to spend more time working on like putting together shows that yeah. I find myself I work on them more than I listen to them now. So, hmm. but. I guess that's uh, the price we pay, huh? The price we pay. Yeah. Muy VV. Do you want to tell the story? Oh, yeah. So basically, uh, if anybody's <laughs> wondering why my my name says Muy VV, um, <laughs> Eric and Owen are out herping. And Owen went out herping. They've been going out like the last two days, right? Yes. Yesterday, it was the tale of Owen. Yeah. So yesterday, Owen... Um, <laughs> He must have left his phone open in the NPR chat, like the full public one. Yeah. And it started like changing the names of a lot of the members. He somehow systematically without his fingers. Yeah. Changed with, the with nicknames a smartphone. of like eight different people. Mm-hmm, <laughs> it mm-hmm. was, it's very impressive. Yeah. And it and was then, all just random stuff. And then he changed like, them all back. Yeah. And then today in, in our private chat, they're out herping. And all of a sudden, my name changes to Muy VV out of nowhere. No explanation. <laughs> this, time it, this time it was Eric. Yes, and it was They Eric's. both have this problem together. Or superpower, depending how you look at it. But for me, like, personally, I think Muy VV is, is a fantastic nickname for you. And I can't explain it. I have no reason for that it just works and it's fun to say and i and will I'll continue never, to we'll use never it. tell people what vv stands for and that will be the allure yeah. of the mystery of it yeah yeah i don't know exactly. what it stands for exactly it so, does not stand for van deventer that's already a it thing. does not stand for varanis varanis it does not stand for uh vast vacancies either <laughs> there's not vast vacancies is there <laughs> no there's no there's one, two, three. There's there's a couple vacancies, but mm. yeah. So, but that's the story of the name change. Yes, uh, for and, today's episode, and and also why Eric is not with us today, uh, nor right. Owen. Although normally Owen is not here, he's usually working and graces us with his presence uh, sparingly, so we don't overdose on Owen. Right. Or, you know, in my case, if he fires me three times in one day, it actually counts. So, <laughs> you know, speaking of that, in uh, in the episode with Summer, t- they're they're arguing towards the end. Owen's like, oh, How yeah, did the intern get an intern. And Eric's like, I don't know. That's you, man. You've got to be controlling the situation. He's like, they're out of control. And mm-hmm. um, what else? did He say? He said something ridiculous. Well, there's that I was just dying about. I kind of like the thought that somehow you and I almost oh, mirror them in a way. That's what it was. And yes. I, it's that's funny because it, I Eric see said. it like, yeah. you know, you and Owen with the beards and the angry col- colubrids. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. I, why did I say it like that? I don't know. That, and yeah. then <laughs> me and Eric with the guitar and the like. But we I, need our own Rob now. We need somebody who's mm-hmm. like sitting yeah, there in second the generation like, Rob like pulling like snippets of our audio to roast us every year later on. Somebody's probably doing it. <laughs> it's probably Rob. <laughs> He's no. just doing double duty now. 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was cracking up over that. Like yeah. there there can be some parallels if you look close enough. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That is true. That is very true. Yeah. So um yes. but yeah, other other than that, the only other thing that uh that was said was uh, like about that was I always find it funny how my name keeps coming up in these podcasts. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. you're just yeah, on Owen's mind. <laughs> I just weasel my way into all the all of his shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know how it is. Um, Going to be hard. Even to after find I even can... after I like bashed Coastal's in favor of Popowins like to his face and like told him directly, I was like, no. Nah. Yeah, I mean, Owen. You know, he's got this tough exterior. He's got this whole like I'm Owen thing. But in the middle, he's just soft and squishy. And I think his love, he he feels comfortable showing his love for you. <laughs> and we have to support him. Uh, yes, we, which we do. We do. Oh, the wind just closed Uh-oh. my door. It was the ghost of Owen's, <laughs> of Owen's <laughs> toughness. Anyway. Yeah, they're out herping. I think they found some timbers we saw. Um, but Looks like I'm they sure also that... found some toads and salamanders. Yeah, there was like a slender salamander kind of dude. Yeah, those are they've got a lot over in the East Coast. The East Coast uh, and some of the states out there, there's a lot of like slimies, arboreals, um, spotted. There's encetinas. Uh, you, know, you go out there, there's sirens, hellbenders in some places. Oh, like, yeah. There's a uh, there's another grad student in my lab that's doing field work with Hellbenders for his thesis. That's cool. Um, I think a few weeks ago, actually, he he found a few, and that was awesome to see. Nice. It's like, probably one of the most badass creatures on this continent, like <laughs> that nobody really thinks about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, that's a very true statement. I worked with a gal who, uh, in my my zoo days, uh, did her master's thesis on them, and then had connections over in japan where she flew out mm. and got to go see japanese giant salamanders in the wild see hybrids between them and the chinese see the hybrid vigor and learn about the problems going on and then see some captive breeding facilities and whatnot so i got to see a lot of the photographs wow. pretty amazing i mean those things are it's kind of weird <laughs> but like they're kind of like an apex predator in their yeah own but they're like made system. like gumby <laughs> yeah but they can do the big ones can take chunks like i've seen yeah. bite photos of dudes that have like gnarly scars from like reaching under rocks and streams looking for them and one just like whack and just grabs them like pretty yeah. physically like devastating bite for what we think of as like a little slimy a squishy. yeah yeah water puppy <laughs> this is one of my favorite episodes of river monsters with jeremy wade like the original show Uh, he did one with the japanese giants and i was blown away that that is an animal that is there (laughs) yeah i mean that's a thing it's uh it's pretty crazy so they're nuts yeah 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 Yeah, salamanders in general are really overlooked they're really cool i just um if you're ever going to keep them, you have to be very mindful of their water quality, softness, and usually temperature. They usually need it cooler than we offer them. So right, that's hard for me to do out here when it's going to be 111 tomorrow. Yeah. No, without like really good AC and even with good AC, like it's good luck. <laughs> yeah. That. You usually need like a cold room, a chiller, the whole nine. So yeah. 
Yeah, I found a, a pair of really nice yellow-eyed Encetina in the field last week. One of them was missing its tail, um, yeah. but, you know, getting along just fine. They're, they're yeah, such cool salamanders. And if yeah. you ever see an arboreal salamander's, like, teeth, like, oh, that's yeah. an impressive chomper for, yeah. for something Google that, that size. Look up arboreal salamanders, and you'll find plenty of photos of their teeth because it's, like, their yeah. most impressive attribute. Oh yeah! If they're, they were dog size, we would be scared. <laughs> oh, dude, they're brutal. They'll make you bleed for sure. Oh yeah! It's a little tiny salamander. It's hilarious. That <laughs> a bite from that would be worse than a bite from a baby carpet python. A hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. Speaking of baby carpet pythons, pivot to some snake talk. How yeah. are your baby carpet pythons, dude? It. I. I would love to know why. If anybody's ever done research, why every so often in some clutches, there are some babies that just don't shed uh, in the same time window as the, as the rest. And maybe that's a product of, of me because I separate my babies and I don't leave them in a big mass together once they've hatched and then put mm. them in a moist bin in the egg box or in the, the hatchling rack for like two weeks. I don't do that. I set them up, sex them, dish them out right away so I know who's who and what their right. feeding stuff is. And uh, I always seem to get one or two that like take like a month and a half or two months to, to have that first shed. And oftentimes they'll even begin feeding prior to that first shed uh, at least once. And so uh, I was planning on offering some of these het and visual exanic coastals their first meals today and two of them have yet to have their first shed and it was the same situation with my poplin clutch. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. yeah. So huh. uh, it, it's just a, an odd observation in my opinion. I think I have at least one clutch every year with one or two holdouts like that. And I have no understanding why. So, <laughs> but uh, other than that, the, the jungle clutch, there are two still holding out on shed for me there, but Okay. I think that's a little more reasonable because they're not even two weeks old yet. So okay, or maybe sure. they are. They <laughs> they hatched on the twenty first, so they got like two 18, weeks. They're yeah. eighteen days. Yeah. So and and you're waiting for sheds to offer food in most cases. Is that right? Yeah, ideally, clutch hatches sheds in a week or two, and then. Mm -hmm the whole group will shed within a day or two of one another. And then about three and a half to four weeks after that is when I aim to um, make my first feeding attempts because in the years past, if I fed or offered food, say like the week after or a few days after, very unsuccessful. Um, and okay. I found that waiting at least, you know, like three to four weeks at the earliest for offering food is usually a good good road to success minimal wasted rodents okay so that's just been yeah. my experience of the last four or five seasons with baby morelia awesome right on and then the last of your unborn eggies are kribos is that all that's left yeah and that ball python clutch Oh but right, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> hey, just, I mean that's, that's just a that's just to support my woma addiction. That's what I was going to say. That ball python clutch had value. It got you womas. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't want to like, I don't want to go into it too much. But like, there's mutual 
benefit to both parties and selling. Oh yeah. It's so it's yeah. Everybody's like, "What? That's the deal of the century." And like, yeah, maybe, but um, it benefits both sides. So certainly, it's not, it's not like a so I took advantage of anybody. I don't want. I don't no, want anybody no. to think that. No, hundred um, percent. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Crevos and they're on day one hundred right now. Uh, the so the eggs, you know, because I have, I have to use this tiny little, um, you know, made in China Exoterra, you know, generic uh, incubator that has the cooling feature. Mm-hmm. Because of its size, I'm limited to what I can use as egg boxes. So I had to find Tupperware that would maximize the size in there with shelving or without. And it's not very big, so I had to break the clutch up into two bins and um, tried a new incubation method this season with them and overdid the moisture a little bit in one of the bins. And it was funny because one of the bins, like, I think I had, so I had 13 eggs and I did one bin with six and one with seven. Um, One bin, all the eggs went entirely, like, brown too much moisture like way too much and then the other bin um only like two uh ended up going bad so it's either a mistake on my part from my oversaturation in the media or the rest of those eggs had weak embryos to begin with or no embryos to begin with first time mom i mean who knows I yeah. didn't candle those eggs. It's really hard to candle with those crystals. I just, <laughs> I bet <laughs> I, did, I had never think to candle anyway. So. When it's all said and done, are you going to crack them open and see what's going on in all of those, those brown ones? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm cause very curious. It's because, a really good point. You might've been doomed from the start with some of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not have been a mistake at all. Like you're saying, yeah. Yeah. I want to know, I want to know. Yeah. So I can know better what to do next season. Um, one way or another, if these four good eggs hatch, I'll be very pleased. First time breeding the species, much more informed and prepared for next season. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, I, and I could be, I could be completely surprised. A couple of so the the eggs that are bad, it's not like you know when an egg goes bad and if you leave it, it just like just like like a crumbled can, yeah. like molding. None it's of these a eggs very are doing distinct that. smell too. <laughs> these eggs don't smell. Wow. They're not like and like slimy and gross. They've all turned brown. Now I don't know if that's a surface color change as a result of a bacteria that's present or if that's because the coconut husk that was originally under there stained mm-hmm. the water that was then dripped onto them and just tainted the color. I really was it have no a idea. Cocoa blocks polyfill situation yeah Yeah. and for i mean that stuff does stain there's no doubt yeah so i did change um that whole bin out and put um some hatch right down and then just put the bad egg straight in there put a couple more air holes in that bin to try and like you know air it out dry it out a bit but keep moisture in with that that hatch right because it has water crystals in it and Mm. literally the eggs are just in a stasis they haven't (laughs) gone bad they haven't yeah done anything they're just still sitting there um so you know typically when when i'm dealing with eggs i'm dealing with python eggs right this is one of the very few times i've dealt with colubrid eggs 
and not only are they unusual eggs they're it's like an unusual everything to me so i don't know i'm letting all of those eggs <laughs> dude they have weight they have mass they have like substance to them yeah and they're not slimy they're not but they're like brown like they have like funky looking uh, you know like oh. some little dents to them like i don't know yeah it'll be fascinating either way i, I kind of am you know excited to see yeah. what happens like i mean i'm sure we'll all just kind of be losing our minds if you end up having those brown ones hatched too and then yeah this whole time you're thinking they were dead and they weren't that'd be pretty cool <laughs> yeah that would be a freaking miracle yeah um yeah. I, like I said, I have no hope for those eggs, but I right. am letting them ride the rest of the way. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next 10 to 20 days. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Very exciting. <laughs> eggs are um, cool. Yeah, eggs are I cool. I got to do that for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, and you did it in a big way. It's so interesting. So, I, you know, in the last episode, I had gotten the one clutch that is hypo head stripe up with mom over here. And those continue to be the same. But then last week uh, I got the, the next two clutches and uh, it was, it was really cool. Those two snakes, they had their um, prelay sheds on back-to-back days and then they laid their eggs on back to back days. So there you go. There you <laughs> that go. clock the, that the system is consistent. Yeah, it, it was really cool. Um, and uh, so the hypo head stripe, the second hypo head stripe laid first, and she did not lay in a nest box. She went ahead and laid just right under the radiant heat panel. And uh, <laughs> it probably would have been fine, you know, but I was planning on taking her clutch either way. And it kind of worked out nice in, in that in that way that she was also the one that didn't choose the nest box. So, you know, I went ahead and took all those. There were 23 um, perfect looking eggs. I candled a few just because I'm a nerd and I wanted to see the little veins and that was awesome. Uh, But yeah. And then I also had to peel some off the top, which I had never separated eggs before and I didn't get to them like super, super fresh. Um, So that was a little bit nerve wracking, but nothing popped. So I think everything's okay. Uh, had to peel those to close the egg box, but <laughs> it was yeah. like one of those big sim containers too. Like that was just, it was a lot. Um, but yeah, nice to, to take a clutch from one of them. And I've already got a meal back in her. Um, you know, I, I stripped the cage, washed everything out. So she wasn't in mom mode anymore. And uh, yeah. she, she took a rodent and, Good. So we'll get her body condition back. And then, Good. like I said, the next day, uh, double het stonewash stripe dropped. And that was a perfect situation because I caught her uh, after she had only laid like the first three. So I, nice. I got there in progress and I posted up next to the cage for two hours and started taking like every other egg uh, because I, I, I know that everybody that has done this before knows this, but I was surprised how slow of a process it is. Like after she laid one, she took like 10, 15 minutes of a break before she did the next one. Yeah. Um, so I was standing there for a really long time to get what ended up being five eggs out. 
and I, I put those in the incubator and left her with um, the rest, which I can't really tell, but it looks like about 15 more. Um, and she's uh, wrapping those and doing that whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, the, the reason that I did that for those that don't know is I'm doing a reproductive study on the Brettles Python. So for that particular clutch, I have five eggs from that mom in the incubator and the rest with her. So I can compare the two treatments without uh, having to account for genetic differences that you would naturally see from, you know, different moms. Uh, so it'll be really interesting. Like if there is actually a difference, then that says a lot more in this particular case. It all be just about the same um, from, from the same litter. Uh, but yeah, and that snake has been, wrapping the eggs perfectly, shivering a, a ton to generate heat, especially right away, because um, those eggs are pretty cold by the time she finally finished laying them. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I have about 60 to 65 Brettles eggs in this room right now, which is so cool. <laughs> so how many total are you doing artificial then? One full I have clutch and then five? One full clutch. Oh, artificial plus five. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 28 are artificial. And then okay. I estimate so that she is wrapped around about 20 to 25. I can't, I can't tell. Um, and then again, I think I left about 12 to 15. So um, a pretty even split. Nice. Depending on how it goes. And yeah, uh, it's been, already just in the last few days really interesting to see the different strategies from the two females um one of them i haven't seen shake or do any facultative thermogenesis at all she just leaves wraps around the bulb to get warm real quick and then returns to the eggs with that heat um the other one hasn't left the clutch at all and, and is shivering so uh different strokes for different folks, I guess. Maybe one just has better body condition and, and has enough energy stores to do the shivering and the other one doesn't. Maybe it's because the one that's doing the shivering has a radiant heat panel and not a bulb. So can't do it anyway. Uh, I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> you, need a, you need a big building so you can test all of these hypotheses. Exactly. I, I need a big building. For many reasons, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so so that's the update with Brettle's eggs, and then I also had Alan Stevens shout out Monitor Podcast. Uh, he stopped by last week, and I got to meet him for the first time. It was super fun. He got to see a roughie for the first time, which is <laughs> always always good. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, friend of yeah. yours, friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> member of the crew member of the of the network yes oh yeah and i got another woma <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah happened to throw another one in the collection yeah so what's my, that for your uh, group to now um that would be hold on Seven, not including Owen's pair. Nice. So it'll be nine. <laughs> <laughs> nine Wilma's, six blackheads, a bajillion brettles. I'm done now. 
I'm yeah. well, okay. Uh, another roughie. I uh, should also tell the people I've decided after thinking long and hard, many a sleepless night, I will be parting with my Aru green tree python after discussing it with people like Riley. Uh, reason being, great snake. Love that snake. She's fun. She's wonderful. Uh, but I do not need that project. And we have a uh, mutual friend, Lisa, that has two uh, boys that are Aru locality. So I'd rather she go to somebody that is dedicated to to that more so than I am and, and uh, try to make more pure Aru babies. So I am also getting rid of something. I'm not only Uh-oh. adding for that Walma. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was not a net gain. Oh. Wait. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just justifying things. You know how we justify things. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Ricky Garcia asked if I could show a Kribo. Can you? Uh, that's like asking <laughs> for chaos in this little screen. Like that. If carpets and coffee isn't chaos, what is it? Uh, dude, I've got like two bins of rodents out. I'm going to get, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. They're just, okay. they don't sit still. They're too big for this frame. Do you have a like, picture. Could share a picture perhaps. Or not, um, not to put you on the spot. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, that's gonna take me too long to find. Something. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I've uh, got, I'm being a terrible co-host asking you to well, do I, things. I, I, I'm not prepared for showing no. off Krebos, so. And we didn't have that in the notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the notes. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Where's Eric when you need him? I know he would have pictures of pretty carpets and things like that for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, eventually there's gonna be you know a shortage of like can't show all the the localities of of carpets eventually Mm -hmm. we go through them all and he's the one with all the the documentation and catalog stuff online so we'll save that for when he's present he's out uh getting in touch with his roots yeah again exactly yes yeah Yeah. well so yeah okay new woma brettles eggs oh and then the other thing that happened for me is uh i got to have a little chat with uh, a researcher in Australia uh, yeah. named Dr. Melissa Brutton. Um, and she does a lot of field work with Womas out there. And I had a really great time chatting with her about some of her radio tracking studies and stuff like that. Just kind of gathering more information for a little project I'm cooking up. For yeah, grad it school and like whatnot. She, uh, she lent a little bit of an encouraging insight into some of the, the populations and how they might actually be doing better than we think. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. That was one takeaway. Um, I definitely want to save a lot of the information yeah, for the future. Everybody oh. can stay posted on that. But yeah. uh, people need one, to hear, hear that. That's cool research. Yeah. And one of the you'll you'll have it all in like a digestible, presentable. Audio exactly. Format. More to come on all that for sure. I don't want to put the horse in front of the cart and run it over. But um, <laughs> that that is definitely fair to say is one of the one of the great takeaways from that conversation was um you know somebody that that has actually been out there yeah studying the womas in the wild kind of rejected the idea that they are struggling uh, or that they're not doing well um it seems more likely that they just live 
a very secretive lifestyle and they're hard to find. <laughs> they're, they're underground a lot. Um, and and uh, you're keeping yours on, on Sandy chips, right? Or like a yeah. small particulate. Yep. Even yep. the babies, right? Yeah. All of them. Yep. And I, I, I have been seeing digging behavior, um, especially from those two babies more so than, than the older ones, which is interesting. And my brain kind of, goes to thinking like I could see baby Wilma's in the wild spending more of their time underground than the adults for obvious reasons. Right. I mean, they're, they're food, they're easy to pick off and, and smaller things are more susceptible to uh, thermal stress and those burrows, what their main benefit are to the Wilma's is, is thermal buffering. Um, so I bet baby Wilma's are underground a staggering amount of the time and, and nobody sees them. That, that could be why. Yeah. Uh, so super cool to see them dig uh, in that material, but yeah. Yeah. All very cool stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, I just had a, like a similar thought about how, how it's probably hard for them to find baby Wilma's because of their natural history. I think about how every time when we're talking back and forth with Eric and some of the other folks, about how there's very little documented study on baby carpets. Um, and, uh, and then I think about, you know, when they talk about, uh, finding snakes for researchers and they're like passing over the little ones because they know the researchers or they think the researchers want the big ones. And maybe that's why they're, you know, only finding big females and never the males sort of thing or, I think about that and how it pertains to maybe pop wind pythons, bull and I, all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, maybe there's, there's uh, more to it in that regard, but I know as far as what they're looking for with Womas, it's not like they have like native folks living out there. They're just like, Oh yeah, let me find you a Woma. Right. The not native folks are trying to find Womas too. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're hard to find. Uh, Sean Porter asks, how are the zebras coming? Uh, here's one of the little boys. Nice. Um, still he's waiting. Birdie. Yeah, he's nice. They change so much, man. When they hatch out, they're like gray and black or white and black. And then first shed brings on a lot of yellow. Second shed brings on more. But then you start seeing it change in between each one, like cleanliness or speckling or tipping or whatever it is. And they just change so much over the first two years that you, you're not done seeing what they're going to look like for a while. Um, you know, with jungles, one of the best thing to do is if possible, see the parents either by photograph or in person. And, uh, and then that'll kind of give you an idea of maybe like the spectrum of, of phenotypes, um, males to females, you know, based on dad, and mom and kind of how they look, you can kind of see it afterwards, but you don't really know how they're going to end up. So a lot of folks always suggest like holding on to babies for like a year or so. I just can't do that. Yeah. I, I've, I've held on to clutches for like six, seven months, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I do plan on adding a couple new zebras to the family later on this year and next year, just to like, add some more to the stock. So I don't plan on keeping anything from this clutch, even though there's some really nice looking 
Like I like zebras with stripes. These things have a little yeah. bit, but yeah. not what I'm looking for. And and I have no prop like that right there. That's cool. That negative black stripe there on the dorsal. Yep. Something like that all the way down is what I'm looking for. So I think they're wonderful animals. They're they're cool and people are gonna enjoy them, I hope. Yeah. No, it, it's such a, a beautiful, busy mutation. Yeah. Um, I'm I, still I really waiting dig it. On, on one female zebra to shed and then the one of the two supers to shed. The supers are a trip. They just it's so crazy how the, the heterozygous form of the zebra is so busy and all over the place, and yet the homozygous or super form is quite the opposite and just entirely patternless. Um, just couldn't be further from one another in, in phenotype. So For sure. Yeah, exactly. Here's the one that has shed. And they change a bunch too, but because there's no pattern, it's just a color tonal thing that changes. And they have this lateral stripe on their mm -hmm. flanks that varies from individuals too. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Right. And the, the super zebras are the one that can have uh, uh, issues with the tail. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's, I there's his tail. This is not bad. It sheds off fine. Um, but they can have like a fold, like a full like little nub or like all sorts of issues that then make it a challenge to shed properly. Right. And then it needs to be addressed sooner rather than later. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> so. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's how you want them. And, you know, oddly enough, the zebra stuff tends to be pretty feisty. Um, that holds true. I'm not really sure why that is, but um, they usually eat well. <laughs> For sure. And, uh, both of these boys will be available eventually. I, Ow. I already have a pair. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Stop it. Charlie. Stop that. Charlie I'm baby. not a rat. <laughs> So, yeah, man, the, the, the jungles are doing well. They will be the last ones to get food offerings out of this group. Like I said, I'll wait a few more weeks before they need any food offering. So you'll, you'll probably want to wait even longer with your bread. <laughs> um, yeah. I, and they I, came out pretty well nourished and, and probably don't need to eat for quite some time. Probably. I still, I, I have no idea what to expect and I am scared. I just hope that baby rat gets here in time. <laughs> yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would think if you, I think if you do sort of the similar thing, you wait like three, four weeks before offering, get them nice and hungry and then, uh, then it'd be good. Yeah. So I know. And, and that whole idea about like send Nick his half before, like without feeding them, if he'll take it, that whole idea, I, I can't do that because the feeding, the first few feeding trials are part of my study. Damn it. So I have to keep them yeah. all and, and look at them all. Well, and after, <laughs> after that one time when Eric, uh, Eric gave Owen that, that fresh like red tiger Jag, she, he just like brought her, you know, home shortly after she shed or whatever. And they don't live far away. And 
she was yeah. a huge problem feeder as a result. Yeah, yeah you never know. I think that maybe moving them too soon has something to do with that. I, I don't yeah, know. it certainly could. You never so, know. You know, but uh, yeah. anyway, I uh, I know we're 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 sons the uh, the the two OGs, but I didn't have a whole lot this <laughs> week, and I know you've got stuff going on. Um, we had talked about keeping this one short this week, so uh, it's just going to be just a little simple update. One, it, not a lot has been going on in the world of Morelia as of late right now, at least in the in the states, or maybe it's just because I've buried my head in the sand because I don't care anymore. But um, <laughs> well, should we unpack that? And <laughs> uh, nah, <laughs> screw it. I've I don't need to get on my soapbox and wag fingers at the proverbial community any more than I already have. So okay. I don't, I don't have anything nice to say, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. All right. Well, you, you've <laughs> always got me, buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, my friends know who they are. You guys all know who they are. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Scott, I know Scott Iper's in the house. Scott, I, I want to get you on when, uh, when Eric's here so we can get a lot of good, combustible mm. discussion going I, I know scott and i have talked and i'd love to get him on here and part of the the bonus of of changing uh um, he has something to say <laughs> scott, yeah scott's got a good mind and a lot of good stuff comes out of out of his mouth so it's a valuable it's a valuable time having a conversation with scott and i i would love for eric to also be here because he can lend some wisdom as well um, me, if I don't have the guidance of a couple cool minded, uh, heads <laughs> playing the bumpers for me, as I'm the, the bowling ball going down the alley of rage and combustion, then I'll end up saying something. <laughs> mean. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> that's no, I, that's I, good I, awareness. I just, I just like, you know, if I'm going to talk about stuff like that, I, I tend to be more successful and clear when I have, um, the right people around me and uh and quite frankly i don't know yeah, <laughs> no. like tired hey. of talking about it <laughs> no problem but, uh, yeah uh sean yes the zebra morph was found in jungles um the whole cobra getting loose is pretty fuck yeah well oh yeah that whole you know thing. what dude I have nothing good to say about the majority of venomous keepers in the United States because this type of bullshit keeps happening. Nothing but good. You never see good news headlines coming about that stuff. So, um, that's a particularly bad one. I don't really want to give that any more media attention than it's already got to be honest. Cause, um, dude, there's just, there's so many stupid people in our community right now. And we're, we often find ourselves talking and about them or putting them on the screen or saying their names or whatever. And I'd like to, to at least start a commitment to like not talk about those people, not mention the names of the people who are the negative influences and just be above that, be better than that and ignore those people until they leave at least my circle of the hobby or whatever. Cause I just, I don't, it infuriates me that there's that many insensitive people out there just doing horribly irresponsible things that affect every one of us without a care in the world. Yeah. 
they don't learn from it. I, have no, I mean, I have, it is infuriating. infuriating. I have nothing nice to say about those people. And it, it, and they don't certainly... deserve, they don't deserve the attention. So I refuse to give it to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it, it makes me think of this week's reptile fight club episode that I just finished listening to, yeah. which is black whether certain individuals that. should be blacklisted or yeah. whether we should have it uh, in our hearts to forgive yeah. folks. Yeah. It was a wonderful it. discussion. It's a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And you should go listen to that. Go buy Scott's book, the new Australian lizards, lizards of Australia book as well. Yes. You should also buy the snakes of Australia book. If you don't have that already, that's a fantastic one. Absolutely. But yeah, Scott brings up a great point. Celebrate excellent husbandry. Um, I think, uh, I think people need to stop focusing on the idiots that lose their fingers because they don't know how to handle alligators safely. I think <laughs> we need to stop supporting free handling um, knuckleheads that don't understand what they're doing, bringing that in front of the next generation. And I think we need to support good conservation organizations like the Reptile Preservation Institute. You can become a member of their Patreon. I am mm-hmm. uh, and have been proudly the largest like of the top tier that they offer because I wholeheartedly support everything they're doing. Their main you know, sort of motto is conserve like no one's looking. You mm-hmm. know why? Because it's not a freaking popularity contest. It's not a race. It has nothing to do about ego. It's because if you don't, this world is going to be lost and a lot of it's good stuff and it is going to go with it. And we're going to just lose our rights to have animals, see it in its natural beauty. And a lot of these idiots out, in, you know, Florida, all these stupid examples on YouTube, all these jackasses are just ruining it for everyone. And it's not just the United States. It's everywhere. I'm freaking sick of it. I'm so sick of it. You guys. Yeah. I'm so angry. It, now. it goes back. Like we, you know, we've had these, these conversations both on the show and, and off the show. And it always goes back to the reason why folks are yeah. doing this in the first place. I mean, yeah. it, that's the bottom line. And, and it's, it's transparent, you know, it's not hard. It didn't take much to realize why somebody <laughs> is doing what they're doing. Right. And, and so just like you're saying, um, finding a way to prop up the people that are doing things for the right reason that are doing things in a way that you agree with and in a way that, that frankly benefits the animals, uh, whether it's, you know, in terms of making captive animals lives better or finding ways to try and help in situ conservation. Um, you know, you know, when you watch something, when you digest any sort of content, you it's it's not hard (laughs) it's not hard to know what the person behind the cameras or or whatever is trying to do right so i i'm i'm with you it it needs to be there needs to be a filter (laughs) at some level um where we put our foot down and let the cream rise to the top because you know there are stakes and giving attention even if it's just a click, even if it's just a view, you know, yep. even if, if, if for all intents and purposes, you say you don't support that individual, you know, like y- you are. Um, yeah. And every so, view, every, even a yeah. dislike, even a thumbs down is helping make them money. According to YouTube's algorithm, you got it. The only way it goes away is if we stop watching them, stop supporting them, subscribing, following everything. You pull the plug on them, 
they have to go get real jobs flipping burgers at McDonald's or whatever the hell else those idiots that, that you know barely flunked out of high school because they're like, oh, I'm just going to be a YouTube free handler forever. Like, fuck that. Go get a real job. Contribute to society. Quit detracting from it. There's some of us who actually love these animals and want to share that for our lives and the people around us. And these jackasses are going around burning our bridge while we're standing on it. Fucking morons. Pisses me off. I hate those people, dude. I'm so fired up right now. I just. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I mean, do not like, I do not like what our hobby has become at all because of that. Mm-hmm. And they know who they are and they don't see anything wrong with it, which is the freaking problem. And there's idiots like that in California, too. It's not just Florida. Oh, of course. I mean, there's there are idiots everywhere yeah. in every hobby, in every group. Yeah. The difference in our case compared to other cases is that we're talking about living things, mm-hmm. some of which have the power to end life <laughs> and a climate yeah. where a large portion of our society is already against us from the get go. Um, and, and it doesn't take much to, to kind of sever the yeah. possibility of, of doing this for good. Um, so yeah, literally I, I states remove the rights right out from under people's feet to be able to keep some of these animals is literally happening before our eyes. Yeah. And, and, and it is, you know, especially with, with when Eric's here and, and we talk about this kind of stuff, right? Like he, he always pivots to, to the point of, you know, just keep supporting those good people, you know, keep focusing on the positive and, and he's right, but it it's hard to do that it is. because it is, it is so uh, easy to, to let it get to you. And, and like, it's, it's absolutely maddening and infuriating and, and you just wish you could reach through the screen sometimes and just like slap, 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 wake up, you know, knock it off. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that, that that position is really the only one of substance. Like that's the only thing that's really going to, to move us in the direction that we want to go in because anything else is just adding fuel um, yeah. unfortunately, and it's, again, it's, it's so tricky, but I couldn't agree with you more that it's just a matter of, of voting with your dollar voting with not even just your dollar, but just your support and, yeah. uh, and making sure that you're identifying, uh, uh, the, the people that represent, um, what you believe in and, and putting whatever, you know, support whether it's just words, whether it's financial, whether it's views behind those people and spreading, spreading that. Uh, but you know, I, I totally, I feel your rage. I feel it too. (laughs) And it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's warranted, but it, it's like, I guess the next question is always like, what's the best thing to do. Right. And, and I guess that, that's kind of what I see as the only thing to do. Yeah, I don't know. Put out the right stuff, the good stuff, or promote the people that are doing it and act like the other stuff isn't even there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's, it is hard though, because it bogs you down at times and human nature kind of predisposes us to want to watch the train wreck. So mm-hmm. kind of fighting a lot of different. Urges. Right. And it's, 
I mean, isn't that just the case with everything right now? Like, you know, we are in this reptile world and we see that here the most, but you know, what arena isn't dealing with the same sure. thing? You know, I, I feel like it's almost just a human problem at this point. Yeah. Uh, that tendency yeah. to, yeah. to stare at, <laughs> at the, at the train wreck, as you say, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, and, and they know it and there's, you know, things like YouTube that reward it. Um, so, yeah, that's why it's hard to participate, <laughs> hard to want to stay participating. It's hard to stay motivated. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, well, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to keep going on. We're going to keep doing the podcast. Hell the yeah. I've been doing research for some more Collybird Corner episodes. Got some good ones coming up. So we're going to keep nice. plugging away with all of that. We've added another Collybridge show to this. Yes. You know, every time Eric goes, no more podcasts, two more somehow <laughs> weasel their way in. And then he's like, no oh. more, and then two more. And I'm like, how could you say no to a Loafman podcast? That's yeah, going to be fun. So I, I think mean, the umbrella is at like a dozen shows right now, mm-hmm. if not more. So I don't know when that dude's going to have time to make a podcast. He's writing two, three books well, <laughs> and, and teaching. Maybe that will be what the value of that show is, is because it's so infrequent. It just drops yeah, it here yeah. and there. It's not on a schedule. Hundred percent. Yeah, that dude is. Uh, he puts so much on his plate. I am amazed that he functions, but he's so freaking yeah. smart. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's that's cool to see that. So that's going to be a I good think, one. Um, I think it. You know, speaking of trying not to watch the fires that's happening, we're building a network and it's doing a lot of good stuff. I think. Yeah. Think, oh yeah. Uh, and and perspective is, is we're doing something pretty cool. So. Yeah, and in talking with Zach too, it sounds like his goal for that new show is is to um kind of do just the the NPR format right, but for Colubrids and their allies specifically. Like he's he wants to just highlight that world. Um and I think that's gonna be really cool because there's so many there. species, there's so much uh, so much history. Dude, history, history, mystery, <laughs> 40, 50, 60 years deep. Like it's huge. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's definitely a void for that kind of a, that kind of a show. So I, I'm super stoked for that. And yeah. So the network is uh, going for world domination and it's happening yeah. right before your eyes. So yeah. obey. Uh, and I believe uh, there's going to be a North West, West carpet yeah. fest. I saw. Yeah. That's uh, exciting. Week of September or something like that. We, September 18th at Jeff, uh, Jeff, and, and Jeff and Kendra's. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be rad. That'll be Absolutely. super rad. I don't think I can make it, unfortunately. Hmm. September. Yeah. Hmm. That's the, like the busiest month of the year for me right now. Hmm. Anything good? Two of the biggest reptile shows in the state. Ah, <laughs> is that Sacramento? Sacramento is at the end of the month. Anaheim okay. is beginning of the month uh and we are getting our cnc machine in next yes. month we're gonna be ripping and assembling cages i gotta start saving up Dude, yeah we're gonna be making <laughs> a lot of cages we need to put another order for yeah. some pvc in because we're gonna go through that hundred sheets like that i'm grant's rearing to go i mean as soon as he's got that machine he's gonna start cranking them out <laughs> so yeah yeah, and then uh, my better half's birthday is right in between both of those, and I cannot forget that. No, dude, I can barely remember. 
without birthday. So that's like the biggest challenge for me right there. So yeah, that's one of the ones you put on the post-it like next to your toothbrush so that you can't forget. Yeah, like just carve it into something that I use daily. <laughs> don't get it. Don't get a tattoo. Bad idea. <laughs> I'm not endorsing that, but I'm not discrediting the idea. <laughs> it's creative and potentially helpful. So potentially, anyway. potentially. Yeah. Anyway, while I've got daylight, I should probably get going on some of this feeding. I've got a, so many snakes. I have too many snakes. No. I reject the concept. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You probably do. It's okay. Uh, give me, uh, I'll take your Walmas. I'll take the Kribos. I'll take uh, two Apidora. <laughs> Hop okay. nose and hops. Yeah. Cheers, mate. By the way, if anybody wants, uh, if anybody's looking for a big adult male Apidora long-term captive, Scott Schmidt oh, is okay. selling um, uh, like a 10-foot male. He you scared up, me. I thought you dude, were going to pull I'm out. Sell, <laughs> you think I'll ever sell an Apidora of mine? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Alex, I've got one female Woma baby still at the, at the store. For some reason, she's still there. Uh, it's because yeah. she never went on Morph Market. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, if she's there any longer and, and I have snake sales go well pretty soon, then she might come home. But I shouldn't do that. They're so cool yeah. anyway be on the lookout for me to announce when i'm uh letting go of a few poplin carpets they're all going to get their third round of feeding tonight and then i'm going to pick the three or four that i'm letting go publicly and then okay. a few weeks after or i'll probably do the same thing with citrus tiger stuff hell yeah very and exciting <laughs> I to pick out his stuff so i can pick up my stuff and then the rest is up so. Eric needs to go home and stop looking for animals so that he can talk to us. And we, yeah. you know, one of these days, Eric's going to trip on a rock and land next to a timber and it's not going to go well. Oh my God. Gonna be really <laughs> worried about grandpa Eric at some point. Not, not Eric. Not he, Eric. We can't have that happen to Eric. He's too valuable. Literally. We'll all just, if it happens under Owen's watch, it's Owen's fault. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Be Owen's fault. Well, it'll be Owen's fault regardless because yeah, he's the one he doesn't have the monkey backpack anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, they should both have backpacks. They should be tethered to each other. Rob should be in charge of the leash attached to both bags. Oh man. And it's the buddy system. Yeah, buddy system. All Not the, way. the other buddy system. Just well, the buddy system. He can join. He can he's join too. It. He's but, it. He, but would he, he would get his own boy for years? Would he get his own bag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesus Riley. Jesus yes. Riley. <laughs> yes. Somebody say my name? Yes, Alex Oliver said it. I'm kidding. He's a thimble-footed rock wallaby. Who, Eric? Oh, I've not seen him in person yet, so I don't know. Lower center of gravity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh good yeah right on well let's, good let's, stuff man hopefully i didn't go too much into the getting you worked up territory i didn't mean to no no it's good you woke me up i needed that okay to our outro so, okay 
All right. Well, we 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 did manage to hit an hour, so that's good. But uh, very good. Yeah, and next special, week, you can expect um, uh, Eric to be back, and I'll see if uh, we can't coordinate schedules. We'll get Scott to join us too. Um, it's always a good time when when Scott joins. He's always got a, a wealth of knowledge to share, and uh, and then if anyone watching or listening is part of the NPR. Um, inland tier on patreon mm. uh we sent out the email uh the other day for the upcoming private q a stream to make up for june and we're going to do one at the end of the month as well so there will be like a couple weeks and then we'll do another one um to catch yes. up so if you haven't is seen that, the email for that let us know is that this weekend uh or is it <laughs> Just put you on the spot one more time before we get out of here. <laughs> I believe it is this weekend. Let me pull up Muy the email. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I believe it's <laughs> um, Okay, I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in two days. So we'll be doing that. Um, yeah. And then Perfect. do it again. And we'll keep going. And... Excellent. Ryan Cox. Weevils wobble, but they won't fall down. That's true. Hmm. They bounce back up. Big if true. Yes. Uh, Go subscribe to the NPR Network on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe to Patreon. Check out Teespring Store. All that good stuff. All the shows. Everything. Many shows. Many Many shows. shows. New episode, Reptile Fight Club. New Mm -hmm. episodes, probably, of all of the shows. Uh, The the Field Herping Podcast dropped another episode. Oh, yeah. The Arters OG show had a a wonderful interview with with Summer Grace Mitchell on. Talk uh, about great people to support in the hop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All ties in. All ties in. A A lot of good stuff out there, so... Yeah. If you're looking for more, go check it out. And we Where will can... next oh. week. Yeah, go for it. Eh, I was just going to say, where can people find you, Moy VV? Under a rock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, keep flipping rocks if you want to get a hold of him. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, Centralian Exotics, on all of those thingies. Thank you so much for joining us today. I think that we're going to leave it there. (laughs) Excellent. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) Bye now. Bye now. Later.